Okay, so now we go to the book of Acts again. I don't know if I told you this last week, but Luke is one of my favorites. I mean, he is amazing for many reasons. One is because he includes these details in the stories that are really, really powerful. So the text for today was basically the one that we uh, had chosen before was basically just one story. The story of Dorcas. That, that was the one. However, I decided to combine the other two to create or to make my point. So last week, and, and I know that some of you remember this, last week we explored three points. And you remember those three points. And, and I'm excited because some of you have been texting me and, um, and the whole week, I, I remember the three points, Carlos, that's, that's nice. And it's like, good. It is, okay, good. I have three more for today. So uh, now we're going to have six points to remember. But yeah, it's kind of like intentional, okay? I, I was like, oh, last week the three-point thing worked really well. Let me just do three more points uh, today. But for me, I mean, in order for me to do that, I needed two more stories because I only have one. So, okay, let me just put these two stories together. So, it's really interesting how Luke now is jumping from one character to another. Last week we were exploring some, some, some details about Paul and his conversion in, in, in this process. But now, Luke is bringing us another important leader of the uh, first century church. His name is Peter. We all know Peter. And we have been going through the Gospels, and we know a couple episodes and things that, um, that, that he lived with Jesus, and, 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 and it's good. We, we have gotten some good lessons, but the Peter that we see now, he has a different role, but also he's growing in his character, and now he is basically... Um, taking this responsibility, but more than the responsibility, embracing the mission. So, Luke now is giving us details of some specific places that Peter decided to visit. So, I'm going to try to be super simple with this, but, but I want you to follow me. Luke is not telling us only that Peter is going to these communities to perform miracles. That is not the whole thing of the story. At least not the whole point. Yes, he is indeed performing some miracles. Why miracles were so important in the first century, especially for these communities? Well, because they believed that leaders from the past, in one moment, somehow, were going to come back. Not like... Literally, these leaders say, oh, they're going to come back now like Elijah or David. No, no, no. But their spirit was going to be present as a confirmation of prophecies and, and, and the end of times or sometimes the coming of the Messiah. So some of the stories in the New Testament point to some of the stories in the Old Testament, to be more specific, related to miracles, especially for the first century church. So Peter is performing miracles to specific people. This guy that cannot walk. Now this lady, a beloved sister that got sick and passed away. And Peter is praying for life to come back into her. And then we don't have a direct miracle on this other guy. But we see Peter visiting him and staying at his house. And I explained that. Um, in a couple of minutes. And I'll explain why that's also a miracle. 
But it's not about just going to the different cities and performing the miracles. There's a big message behind. So this is my, my main thing for this morning. We are going to see how Peter is going to these places, interacting with these people, and giving us a lesson as individuals, giving us a lesson as a community, and also giving us a lesson for the mission we have to accomplish. So, as individuals, community, and the mission we have to the world. So, I don't know if you, I'm pretty sure that if I ask all of you for, for stories like this, you will bring some names immediately. Um, since yesterday I was thinking, okay, let me try to remember people that had big influence in my life when I was um, little and, and in church. I was trying to remember that. It was so hard to point my attention to one person only. But suddenly, um, two or three weeks ago, I think, uh, we got the news that um, this brother who was a Baxter professor in Honduras, and if you're familiar with Baxter, but it's a biblical institute that the Churches of Christ um, have in Honduras. So he was a professor over there, but he was also a leader in my local church. And he was my mentor. He, he was basically, since I was attending church by myself, he decided like to get closer to me. Uh, he was teaching me the Bible. And he, he was basically mentoring me, helping me, and, and, and welcoming, me as, welcoming me as a part of um, his family. So we got the news that he passed away in a terrible accident in San Antonio uh, three weeks ago. So I was just thinking in... in, in in trying to remember moments. My, my in, initial reaction was to post something on social media. But I was like, no, I, don't, I just I don't want to write in, 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 and I don't have pictures. And So I was just trying to process that and, and, and I didn't know exactly how. So, but then a memory came to my mind. I was 12 years old and I didn't want to get baptized. I just didn't want, I think you know the story already, some of you. I just didn't want to be baptized. I, 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 I was like, no, I, I don't want to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm okay. And people were like, hey, but listen, all of your friends from Sunday Bible school, they're baptized already. What is wrong with you? It's like, I just don't want to do it. No, 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 no. But there's something wrong with you. It's like, no, I mean, it's just, I, I'm not ready. When are you going to be ready? Maybe I will never be ready. And it's like, no, 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 no. This kid, oh, it's big. No, don't worry. It's because, um, you know, the mom and the dad, they don't come here. So he doesn't, it's like, oh, no, it's because I don't want to. So 13 years old, nothing. So uh, he's over there. And one day he didn't have anyone. Like, the church was so small. Okay. Church was so small. And one day he, he didn't have anyone to help him with the Lord's Supper. And it used to uh, happen this way. If you were leading the Lord's Supper, you come forward. You are over there. And then if you feel the desire to help serving or passing the trays, then you come forward too. So that day, nobody had the desire to come forward and help. No one. So I'm over there. I'm not baptized yet. So he's like basically, uh, I said in my mind, I'm not a candidate. So I'm okay because he's not going to call me. So I'm over there in the first row. And he's like, well, we're going to pray for, for the bread. And oh, I don't see any servers here. Uh, Carlos come 
But then I thought like, oh, no, it's not me. It's impossible. So like, Carlos? Yes, you. And I said, and I said it this way. He was like, yes, you, Carlos. And I said it like, ah, brother, maybe you forgot that I'm not baptized yet. I'm 13 years old. So that's, that was not the tradition of the church. So if you were nine, you were ready. So I was already behind for a couple of years. And then he said, he said, there was this, this is funny. Um, he said, I'm not asking you if you want to. I'm telling you to come. <laughs> so I was like, oh, what do I do? I was shaking. I was like, why am I doing this? Like, what do I do? What if they ask? Why am I serving? And then he said, you go and you serve. At that moment, I was in panic. Today, I realized something. And then I'm going to tell you why I'm telling you this story. But today, I realized something. I realized that that specific moment changed my life. It's something simple. But changed my life completely. Not because I had the honor of passing the trace. No, 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 no. I was invited by someone to be a part of the community. I thought I was invisible. I thought I was invisible. But he invited me to be a part. Keep this in mind. So, let's go to the first story. This guy cannot walk. Okay, so, well, the first miracle. He cannot walk. Then we have Peter now. And what is Peter doing? I like Peter, because he's, he's like, you know, the way he is, and, and, and the way he says things, and sometimes he doesn't even think uh, before talking, but that's Peter. And then I imagine the story. What, what's going on here? What is wrong with you? Well, I cannot walk. You can't walk. Receive healing in the name of Jesus. And then the guy is walking. Huh. So, I don't know if this is hard for you to believe. For me, God is powerful and he has the power to perform all of these things. Miracles, of course. But if I see something like that, I'll be like, oh, what is this? I mean, he couldn't walk. Now he's walking. So Peter is bringing healing. Simple question for a simple lesson this morning. Are we humble enough to recognize that we need healing too? Are we humble enough to recognize that sometimes we as individuals, we practice the faith of freedom in Christ, but we are not free indeed because inside of us, we have not healed yet. And the irony of, of, of this is like we preach and we declare that Christianity, it's about Jesus Healing and bringing freedom and transforming your life and forgiving your sins. But we still suffer inside of us. Some stuff from the past is still coming. We still make some decisions that are taking us to the wrong places. Places that we don't want to be. And we are there. So the invitation 
when we see this miracle, it's not only to say God is amazing and He was performing miracles at that time, so all these signs will be like a confirmation that Jesus was the Messiah. No, it's a message for us as individuals like, yes, in Jesus we can find healing. And we can have the hope that healing is going to come. But healing is a process. Of course, in this, this event right now, Peter is like, you are going to walk in the name of Jesus. But probably he needed to learn to walk. Maybe that was a little bit complicated. But he was walking. So I have seen that the, the hardest part for us as individuals is not coming to Jesus and accepting who he is or the forgiveness of the sins. The hard part is to accept a real condition to say, Lord, I need your healing. Because in this area of my life, I am not reflecting your identity. I'm not giving uh, to, my, to my world the image that you gave me. So humbleness, it's important. Because in this first story, the main point is healing. Healing for us. I don't have to be very specific this morning. I don't have to tell you, oh yeah, look at this area of your life, or look at that area of your life. I believe that we all have the Holy Spirit. And when we have the Holy Spirit, He brings that conviction into your heart. I don't have to give, a, to give you examples of anything. I can give you the invitation to heal, and I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit will lead you to that area where you're healing, or where healing is needed. But we cannot pretend to reflect the image of God without healing. And, and let me go to the, 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 the other part, and then I'll tell you why. <laughs> but the second thing is this. This is a message also, not only for the individuals, but also for, for the communities. So what Peter is doing here, or what Luke is communicating to us about Peter's life is, he's telling us what the gospel does in the individual and what the gospel does in the community. The gospel brings healing. In the first century, people were oppressed by political powers and, and, and religious powers. And that was bad and that was hard and that they were struggling so much trying to process life waiting for the Messiah to give them freedom but more than that waiting for the Messiah to make them feel that they were part of something so now the gospel brings healing we find several prophecies in the Old Testament when our God is telling us I will bring I will be bringing healing to your heart I will restore your heart so now the second question we need to consider is this. Are we humble enough to recognize that sometimes our community needs healing? It's not only the individual. You know what the powerful thing about, about Christianity is? That Christianity basically eliminates this idea that, oh, Jesus is my personal savior. That's a wrong statement, by the way. He is not my personal Savior. He is our Savior. When He taught the disciples how to pray, He didn't say, you should pray like this, my Father in heaven. No, He said, our Father. 
And that's deep. Why? Because when he said our father, and he's telling them, you need to pray like this. And when I pray our father, what I'm saying is, oh yes, you are my father, but I'm also saying that you are my brother and you are my sister. It's a profound declaration. So Christianity removed this idea that it's everything about me and my personal savior and what God is doing in my life. And nobody can come here and tell me uh, to tell me what to do because it's just between God and me. That is incorrect. It's a community and we should care for the community. And if the community is struggling and the community needs healing, it's my responsibility to bring that healing to my community of faith as well. But the problem is not to see that, oh yeah, we need healing in that. It's, it's, it's the same problem as individuals. Do we have, are we humble enough to say, yes, Lord, come and heal my heart. Yes, Lord, come and heal my community. Because as the same way as individuals, we cannot move forward. If we do not heal as a church, we cannot move forward if we don't heal either. As a church, we need to heal. We need to experience the touch of the Master as a community. Why? Because of our mission. This world, this world is sick. And they don't need condemnation. They don't need us to declare. Listen to this. We don't need us to declare like, Oh, you're sick. Oh, look at this. What they're doing. The world, the culture. This is just a chaos. This is... No. We are not the doctors bringing the diagnosis. God already knows what the situation is. God already told us, in fact, what the situation is. We don't need to tell the world their condition. We need to bring their healing. That's the healing we have gotten from the Holy Spirit. But the problem is, how can we heal the world... If we are not healed as a community or as individuals as well. Second point. Oh, that was the first point, by the way. Second, second point. Some of you are like, well, you already said like five. But yeah, okay. Second point. First point is healing. That's the first point. Healing. Uh, second point is resurrection. Resurrection. Think about this. Such a lovely sister, Dorcas. And he was doing a lovely task as well. He was not performing like, you know, something in public or no no no. He was just he was just doing a lovely task. And he and she was recognized for that. But suddenly, but we don't have all the details, something happened, and she passed away. So the community was devastated. And we saw that. In the readings, we saw it. The community was devastated. And now we have Peter. Okay, Peter, he just performed a miracle over here. Uh, and one thing is, you know, bring healing to this guy that couldn't walk. But now it's another, that's, now it's the challenge. And I don't know if Peter had Jesus in mind. I don't know exactly what he was thinking about, but... Then Peter said, okay, so she's the one? Yes, she's the one. Okay, uh, I need a moment with her. Okay, they left. And now Peter is going to do his thing. 
He goes and says, come back to life. And she's back. She's back. Like, wait, okay, the, the, the first one, I, I can get it. Okay, this guy couldn't walk. Peter said, you're going to walk in the name of Jesus. He's walking. Wow. But this lady is dead. And Peter is saying, come back to life. And now she's back to life. That, that was it. Last week I spoke a little bit about it. Resurrection. Death is not the end of the story. We all know that. And that, if we put it in spiritual terms, okay, yeah, it's not the end of the story. Remember those three guys who are going to be exposed to fire in the Old Testament. But more than exposed. They were going to be burned, in fact. And they say, okay, where is your God? Well, he, he will be your God, no matter what. Even if He does not come to rescue us, we're not going to worship you. We're going to continue to worship Him. That's it. For me, that day, that story, is when we learned... Well, we learned it with Jesus too, but in that story in the Old Testament, in the book of Daniel, when love defeated death. No power over those who love the Lord. So, that's not the end, and we know that. But how about if we just bring this idea also to our daily life? Do we really understand the power of resurrection? Do we really understand all the messages that we have seen through the New Testament when we see how the communities are growing and experiencing and expressing the Holy Spirit when people are being baptized? When you are baptized, let me tell you this. Yes, you are receiving everything that you know you're receiving. The forgiveness of your sins and the Holy Spirit, of course. But that is also a way to tell us that resurrection is part of a lifestyle too. And last week I said that if we really want to experience resurrection, we need to face the reality of death. And I did say as well that we need to die before we die. This is the process of life. The process of life is like you live, you die, you resurrect. And I'm not talking about heaven right now. I'm talking about like right here. And I can give you a brief example. Some relationships didn't work. They were the best relationships ever, but they didn't work. They died. Does that mean that they have to resurrect? No, but probably you need to resurrect. And you need to come back to life after an experience like that. So everything in life is like, like that. This is this cycle of life. So is there any area in your life when you feel that something is completely dead? And you feel that there's no hope? And that's over. There's nothing we can do. I want to tell you that we worship and we praise a God of resurrection. A powerful God that can bring life to anything. Someone can say, well, but you cannot promise that. No, we're not promising anything. But we know the one we trust. And sometimes it's not about physical miracles. Because at the end, even if we experience a physical miracle... 
We're going to die. We're going to die. Oh, this, pe- this lady, she resurrected more than 2,000 years ago. Where is she now? Exactly. So it's not about only physical miracles. But sometimes our feelings, emotions, our spirit, they need resurrection. And we need to be humble enough to recognize that as individuals, as a church, so we can bring resurrection to the world as well. Last thing, because my time is over now. The last guy, simple. Peter decided to stay in the house of someone whose profession, occupation, was unworthy among Jewish communities. So it was unacceptable for Peter to stay at his house. It was completely unacceptable. And now, he's there. This guy thought that he was invisible. Look at the order of the miracles. First miracle, healing. Second miracle, resurrection. Those things are important. But the third one is inclusion. You are not invisible. For God, you belong. For a community, you belong. And the world needs to know that they can belong too with the message we proclaim. We live in a world full of segregation. We live in a world that is constantly discriminating and separating people all the time. Determine who is in and who is out. The church cannot be like that. The church is the place when we all can say, you are not invisible, you belong here, and God loves you, no matter what. Once we understand this, We get that in the gospel, our mission, yes, is to bring healing, resurrection, but also tell the people who are out there, hey, you don't have to be there. There's there's a place for you here. But it's not only, look, look at this, oh my goodness, look at this. It's not about just the invitation. It's not about just the invitation. It's not about like, just like, hey, come, come. God loves you, come. You're welcome, you're welcome. No. Peter decided to stay with him. Peter didn't say, come and stay with me. Peter said, I am going to stay with you. Jesus didn't say, hey, from heaven, hey, I'm I'm here, I love you all, okay? And one day I'm going to bring you here. No, he came. So it's, again, the principle of the incarnation. We go to the world. That's the best way to tell them, you belong, you're not invisible, God loves you. I was not invisible for that guy. He noticed I was there. You are not invisible for God. He knows you're here. And that same message is the one that somebody close to you needs to hear.